didn't actually use it kindly. It was limited the power that he had. But because the people of Tyrene repented so much, you know, all he could say anything he wanted, and it was going to happen. The people would do it. In fact, uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, there was a lot of fighting inside of Tyrene between the Jewish and the Gentiles. And it got really bad when Peter came out and he said, So you see the king of Tyre and how he, he limited his power. Here, Paul, he didn't just repent, right? But he limited his power by becoming humble, by taking on the form of a man. Christ limited his power when he humbled himself. One example that we see of Christ limiting his power is what John Barber preached on. Get all of it in the middle, because specifically, I'm going to show you. 
sacred so that he could accomplish his training that he set in motion before time ever began, before Christ ever created the heavens and the earth. Christ's plan of redemption was that we could be reconciled to God because of his love for us. And ultimately, Christ, his plan of redemption, wasn't just a consideration of this, but it was to bring glory and honor to God. Christ will continue to bring glory So when he said, all authority has been given to me, he is now referring to the honor that has been, been bestowed on him uh, because of what he has accomplished on the cross. I, I believe that one of the things for us to understand this more that it really needs to be explored is, is not just Christ coming and paying back, but how it is that he fulfilled Just witnessed uh, in the previous chapter uh, of Christ suffering and dying on the cross and then rising again from the grave. And he did this uh, so that the whole law of the Old Testament was fulfilled. Christ was the sacrifice that the prophets prophesied. Christ was that sacrifice for us. We can go to Isaiah 53 and we can read the account of, of how Christ, uh, how it pleased fulfillment of the Old Testament. One of the ways that um, a, a document that would stand, I, I kind of like that uh, today, in the time we uh, read the Bible, uh, especially in the times of difficult times, uh, is the Westminster Confession of Faith. Now, some of you might not know what it is, some do, uh, so I'm just going to just give a very very brief history lesson about the Westminster I'm going to look at it for a second. Uh, back in the 1600s, uh, there was a lot going on. Uh, there, there was kind of a reformation. And uh, there was over 100 pastors that came together over the span of a few years uh, to form uh, a document that would help uh, unify uh, the church. It would help, help them uh, to focus on what they believed. Because at the time, there was governments that, that were saying we need to do this or we're going to do this, this is Catholic Church. And so uh, these men, they would, they would forge this thing together and they would trust the scriptures. Uh, and they, they, they would develop this document that would, that would kind of help us as we read the scriptures. They also developed another document, a part of the Westminster Confession of Faith, it's called the Delegation of the Council. And these 
doing what you're doing. But just because somebody has your back, you still have to do what you're doing, right? And so, you know, I tell people, I don't tell you what to do with your money. I don't. But it doesn't mean that it can't be easy, right? When you get past the door, it's not easy. Because when you're in the trenches of life, it is not easy. people are looking down on you, or they're coming down on you because you're a Christian. I want you to know that all of these struggles that you have as believers all have their meaning and a direction. And you come from past your journey or your life. And so just take. Because every place is just different. It means that we don't give hope. We don't give up our hopefulness. Because Christ has already gone before us. Christ has already demonstrated to us his love towards us. Jesus is Lord over the heavens and the earth. He reigns supreme as king and Lord. And so when we go out, he goes with us. We do not go alone. Maybe some of you have forgotten what it means to live live under the supreme king. The other day, I was feeling discouraged. And so I needed to remind myself, the king that I live under, the king that I serve. And so the way that I did this was uh, I went to a sermon that this, this old black pastor from the 70s his name is, is Dr. S.M. Lockwood. And when he came and he heard this, this sermon, he said, it means to strive the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. It was a great, uh, it was very encouraging to my heart as I remembered. He my King Jesus. He is your King. He rules over you. And so I want No means of measure can define his limitless 
No far seeing telescope can bring into visibility a trace line of his holy afar. No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's in, immortally graceful. He's imperially, imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know it? He's the greatest phenomenon that ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands in the solitude of himself. He's awesome. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient Savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength to the weak. He's available to the tempted and the strong. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. Well, my king, he's the king. He's the king to knowledge. He's the wellspring to wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his office is manifold. His tongue to serve. His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never ceases. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. He reigns in righteousness. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you, but he is indescribable. <laughs> He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind. And you can't get him off of your hands. You can't live without him. And you can't outlive him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault with him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimony to a jury. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the jury couldn't hold him. Well, that's my king. That's my king. Father, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever. How long is that? And then we'll think through with all the forever with amen and amen. This is a lame man. That's the king we live 
morning.